Get the rave oh. on. Get the rave on. <laughs> Get it. Welcome to Loaded Mac and UFC reaction show. And if you haven't guessed by now, it's a positive reaction. And we said we bring out the, the stay now for the Christmas season or the stay how even and uh, bring it bring a bit of snow to the mix as well. But lads, how are you? Pete, how are you? Buzzing, absolutely buzzing, as you can tell. Um Udied up, getting the rave on. Uh, that can only mean one thing, and that means that the northeast is black and white. Come on, get in there. A lot, a lot of years waiting for that one. Um, and we said we didn't care how it came, but I am uh, very, very happy to that. That is for sure. Nice one, nice one, Chris. 
You don't. They're dressing on the Newcastle dressing on for the show Newcastle as well. Nice dressing on. on, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm buzzing, mate. Absolutely buzzing. Um, as as Pete Pete rightly said there, you know, it's been a long time coming, and uh, I think it. I think it's the manner of it, and I know we'll get into it shortly, boys. But it's the manner of the win as well. It wasn't. It wasn't um, as difficult as what I was anticipating. Uh, and to be so dominant for the whole ninety minutes was just great to see. Absolutely great to see, and. Uh, Eddie and the lads deserve a few drinks tonight, and I hope they do have a few drinks because, uh, as Pete rightly said, we are the kings of the northeast. Kings of the northeast, I like it. I am sweating. Whose idea was this? Jesus, these things go down to your knees as well. <laughs> you didn't tell me that, Pete. Okay, <laughs> yeah, absolutely nuts. But, <laughs> but uh, let's let's get into the game, lads. Um, and first, before we go into the team news, of course. Everyone headed off early up to St. James's Park to, to get on a few buses and uh, to make their way to the Stadium of Light. And uh, plenty of faces on, on the way, but one in particular, over the wall, Ryan Taylor was 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 there as well. And everyone got a, a nice little scarf as well. And uh, cereal bars and the water, the whole lot, all kitted out for the, for the day. Uh, made their way to the Stadium of Light. Got a nice little reception on the way in as well. Uh, and so did Amanda and Meredith as well. But uh, let's look at the team. This was the team. Um, no major uh, changes or so. It was like, was it what you were expecting, lads? Uh, Pete, your thoughts on the team? Yeah, exactly that, lads. Um, exactly what we expected. Um, we we didn't think anything much would change. Maybe Livermento, maybe. Um, I know we kind of toyed with the idea on away days with Miley. Um, but actually, yeah, it, it's, it wasn't a surprise to see that one pop up, that's for sure. Chris, yourself? Yeah, same you mate, yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the 11 we went with on away days. Um, so, yeah, no surprises. And um, we did we did predict that Louis Miley would uh, make an appearance, which he also did. A bit earlier than what I think uh, Eddie Howe was anticipating uh, due to Joe Linton. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the lineup was exactly as I expected. Wish the bench was a bit stronger, but that that is what it is, isn't it? That's what it is. That's right. And of course, this is the, the Sunderland side as well that uh, Tom uh, put together his own version on away days, but before the, the in the build up to to the match as well. But this is the, the side that took the uh, to the pitch. Those scars did come in, in handy as well because uh, uh, there's a great great. Um, Great display on at the stadium of light from 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 both sets of fans. And in fairness, but uh, yeah, great to see the, the, the Newcastle fans using those scars and, and uh, look look good on TV. I can tell you that anyway. But uh, let's get into the game. Sorry, I'm using buds for the first time, so it's a bit bit weird on my old ears. But uh, okay, first off, uh, two minutes in, Longstaff a header saved. Um, uh, so yeah, Longstaff had a few chances, half chances in the game overall, but even enough first 15 minutes or so. Um, Clark then got a, a late boot in on, on Botman. We, there was a kind of bit of a scare there on Botman, but uh, he was yeah. fine to continue. Uh, 22 minutes, Longstaff with another half chance, uh, where Trips pulled it back. 30 minutes, uh, Isaac uh, threw ball, uh, Isaac threw, uh, maybe the, the, uh, the ball in, yeah, uh, yeah sorry. Isaac was throwing goal actually. Uh, Miggy played the ball in, and the defender Bollard he, he took him down. Uh, the referee said no foul. To me, that was a foul. Should have been a penalty. Your thoughts there? Yeah, hundred percent. The penalty. You watch the replay back. 
Um, the, the first pot of contact comes just outside the area, which is which is fine. But where he actually pulls him down, and you can see him pulling his shirt, like he yeah. he, he blatantly pulls his shirt and pulls him to ground. He the, the reason why you would think it was a penalty is you've got to look at the fact that he made no attempt to play the ball. He made no attempt to win the ball. He made no attempt to play the ball. All he did was try and pull him down to stop Isaac getting in. And if Isaac isn't pulled to the ground, he actually gets the ball ahead of the goalkeeper, which I'm not saying he's going to score. You would bet on him to score because of how good he is. But he's in on goal. He's got a goal-scoring, clear goal-scoring opportunity. It's a penalty and potentially a red card because he's the last man. Uh, and so I think the referee bottled it, if I'm honest with you. I think the referee absolutely bottled it. Um, he didn't want to make that sort of decision in that type of game. Um, and that's why he didn't. He just didn't give anything, which I thought was a really, really poor decision. Now, uh, Craig Paulson, are we really surprised? Stocking ref has been for a number of years now. And I think most, a lot of Newcastle fans were worried about him being the ref at this game. And at that point, I was, I was genuinely worried that he was going to give us a decision that was going to screw us over. Was it a penalty for you, Chris? Um, yeah, I think it was. Um, the only the only thing I'd say, and to be fair, Ali McCoy's picked up on this on commentary as well, is I think the only reason that the referees hesitated and then decided not to give it is because it, it at certain angles it looked like a bit of a bit of you know ease up pulling him the defender. I think it was Baldock. I think it was. Is it Baldock? I think that or Bal? No, Ballard. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I call think... him Vicky Pollard. Ballard. He put Vicky Ballard, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking of Baldock for uh, Sheffield United, George Baldock. Um, yeah, I think the only the only thing where, why the referee hesitates and then doesn't give it is because like Isaac's at one point Isaac's given as much back to him. Um, but ultimately I think that's because <laughs> that's because he's he's really tugging at Isaac's shirt. Um and maybe Isaac's thinking, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna get a penny kind of thing. And you could argue as well that it did start outside the box and normally they take it back to where it started. But I mean I can I can see why it wasn't given, but I I do think it I do think it was a penalty. Um, you know, it's we sh we should have had a penalty <clears> early doors, but again, because it's a derby, the referees probably, as Pete said, he's probably bottled it a little bit and thought, oh, it's a bit early. Um, but yeah, you normally as well. But that what's a clear indicator is when you see the reaction of the players, and if you see the reaction of Alexander Isak when he's on the floor, like he's screaming, isn't he? Like at the top of his lungs. So clearly, he's he's felt uh, the tug, and he, he probably did think it was a, a penalty as well. Cool. Yep. Yeah, all round. So penalty, yeah, penalty all round. We thought. Uh, then next up to thirty-three minutes, Langsaf again uh, um, with a chance. Gordon put the ball across this time, but he put it over the bar this time. Um, thirty-five minutes. Here comes the, the own goal. Um, yeah. So uh, J Seven put the, the ball across, uh, and uh, uh, Bollard uh, got uh, in the way of it. Uh, Isaac was sitting right behind him. So, uh, but yeah, one nil Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle take the lead in the, the derby, uh, the FA Cup third round. So, uh, yeah, all delighted with that. Uh, do you think Isaac would have put it in if he if he hadn't got to, got to it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So too. Right, uh, forty-five minutes. Maggie had a volley. Uh, poor, um, poor, poor connection with that volley. But that took us to half time, uh, and straight away we didn't have to wait long. Right after uh, uh, the half time break, because on forty-five minutes, Isaac uh, got a goal. 
um, Miggy uh, dispossessed the, the defender who was playing a bas- back pass to the keeper for us, and then it came back to him. And uh, yeah, Isaac slotted home uh, 2-0 Newcastle at this stage. Uh, and in in well in the uh, well ahead in the game, lovely celebration from uh, Isaac as well. Um, yeah, th- uh, thoughts on that goal, Pete? We we'll go to you. Oh, I absolutely love this guy, Alexander Isaac. Honestly, um, absolutely love him. He is and he is a straight up cold killer, um, and he just knows king. how to. It, you, you could argue that he's the, you could argue that he's the the 2.0 Mac Macum Slayer, which is what he's been um, kind of crowned after after today's exploits, and and, and rightly so. But look, um, look, let's let's get this right. He, the the guy has had a lot of stick recently, but Miguel Amiron was sensational. Um, honestly, on that on that stage against. Sunderland, the derby, everything that's involved in it, he was sensational today. And, you know, he epitomised everything you wanted in a derby match. And he gave us that. Well well done to him for nicking the ball. It wasn't the first time, wasn't the last either. Um, and, uh, you know, we questioned his final decision. We made the right one this time. And squared the ball nicely to Isaac. Now, it wasn't an easy finish from Isaac on his weaker foot. But he made it look easy because the guy just knows how to punish teams. He is an absolute, like, top, top class finisher. Um, the guy is just perfection when he's in front of goal. And that finish there, there was, you know, there was a player right in the middle of the goal trying to block it. And he puts it directly into the far corner. Probably the only place where nobody's going to get hold of it. And it's a superb finish. Um, just what we needed at the right time. I said to you boys in our chat, just made it absolutely clear. We need to end them. No excuses. End them second off. We did the hard work. We got the possession. We dominated first off. We got the goal, the all-important goal. Um, now we needed to end them and not even make it a contest. Doing that at that point in the game just completely flattened Stadium of Light, the players, the management, everything Sunderland-related just fell flat when that ball went into the net. And that's exactly what we needed to do. It was brilliant all round. Just a fantastic goal to watch. How was it for you, Chris? That goal? Yeah, um, let's start off with Isaac. Um, as Pete said, he is he is the new Iceman, the new gen Iceman. He used to be uh, Dennis Bergkamp, but now like Alexander Isaac in front of goal, when when he when he gets an opportunity, he just he's so calm under pressure. Um, it's like it's like even the penalty, and we'll get onto that a bit later. But you know, the, I have no doubt on Alexander. He's at now in front of goal. Um, when I say now, I, I, I've never really had any doubt with him. I, I've, I've yet to see a striker as composed as him finishing wise in the Premier League. Like when he's when he's through on goal, because he's got that turn of pace as well. He's he's not you know he's he's a quick lad, um, and when he's through on goal, he's he's deadly. And we saw we saw that, didn't we? Um, when he when he made his, his debut at Anfield, we saw how clinical and lethal he can be, and that 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 is just what Alexander Isak is. He's just a, just a, an absolutely fantastic striker, and we're so lucky to have him. But yeah, also big credit to Miggy. Uh, obviously, you know he was dropped. He did come on last game, but he was he was dropped um, for the last match against Liverpool, 
And I thought Miggy had a really, really good game. Uh, and do you know what? The only frustration from my end was like watch, watching this this moment. You know, obviously when we went two up, it was like this is what we've needed. This is this is what we've been missing. And I was made up for Miggy because it showed that you know if you put the effort in and you put the hard yards in and you chase down every ball, you can get rewarded for it. And Miggy did get rewarded. And as Pete said, really, really clever decision making. Gets his head up, spots Isaac on his own. Isaac left foot, far corner. Game over. Game over. It's so early in the second half. And uh, yeah, I, I I celebrated. I celebrated that one even more than the first one. Exactly. No, no. Uh, no, and you're, you're right about Miggy, lads, because uh, we give him a kick up the arse, and every time we do, he, he comes back and, and proves us wrong. That's what we want. That, it's like he listens to the show. I'm not so sure it would, if you don't understand it. Uh, maybe subtitles. Maybe not the subtitles either. Um, right. Uh, speaking of game over, it was game over for, for J7 because he picked up a, a... Well, he got a push in the back when he was kind of taking a pass or a shot and it, it kind of affected him. So whatever was wrong to him, he, he couldn't continue. They said they started him in the second half, but he had to come off. So he came off, Miley came on. Uh 47 minutes. Uh, there's Mad Dog. Um, sort of sorry to interrupt. I think Joe Linton, it wasn't even the push that was the issue. I think when he's gone to play the ball, I think he's overstretched. And I think he's, I don't know if, I don't think he's pulled his hamstring uh, because he, he kind of holds that back of the leg again when he goes down. And you do worry when that happens. I don't, it might well be, it might well be a strain more than anything but it, it's probably an injury that will keep him out of the man city game um unfortunately but he looked good um up until that point it's brilliant yeah he, he was class up until then. um and of course he did get this assist for the first goal uh bonard's goal um well then then you, you said the game was all over but they, they, they did have small little half chances Dubrovka made a save. He took a deflection off Botman in the 47 minutes. 58 minutes, uh, Pritchard it skins the top of the the, the, the crossbar. Now the other side of the crossbar. Um, but 65 minutes, uh, yes, there was a, a tussle with um, Gordon and uh, Hume. And uh, Hume, who already had a yellow card, was lucky to stay on the pitch. Gordon did get a yellow card. He, he offered him to give him the jersey as well if he wanted to, but maybe wait to the end of the game. But... Uh, this this man, the Iceman, stepped in to have a little go as well, and I I love that as well, Chris. Love you put it that that was class, that was class. So uh, nice one there, Stick, showing that unity in the, within the team. Um, sixty-seven minutes. Uh, Maggie had a shot. Uh, Luco nine saved it with his face. Nice one there. Uh, seventy-three minutes. Pritchard uh, had a shot again, and Dubrovka saved. Uh, um, then Gordon had shot, it was wide of the post, but it was a difficult angle on the 74th minute. Then 87 minutes, um, Bollard brings brings uh, Gordon down, uh, Penno to Newcastle, and up steps Mr. Iceman again. And bang, uh, 3 0 Newcastle. Cue the celebration. I think it's from this one, I can't remember now, but here it is.
walk in the park for Isaac. Nice to see them see him out with the dogs as usual after that. But uh 13 goals to his name now. Uh and yeah, he, he was king uh in that game today. But uh that brought us then to I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that goal. It was a it was a definite penalty there, lads. <laughs> 110%. Uh, <laughs> this is what we missed. We've missed Eddie House, shit house, Mags. Um, Anthony Gordon knew exactly what he was doing. Anthony Gordon could have gone for goal, could have crossed the ball. He knew if he played the extra little pass that Ballard was coming in um, full throttle and, and was going to take him out. And this is what Anthony Gordon brings, as well as his footballing ability, he brings that little bit of shit house where he wins your free kicks and, and penalties and, and, and crucial things. Um, at crucial points in the game. Um, and we don't use him enough for that. We don't have enough players that do enough of that because you go back to the Liverpool game and we re we, we reacted to that show and we said Liverpool did that and benefited from it. We need to start doing the same. These other, these other top clubs do it. We got hammered for it last season, but they all do it. It's just they don't like other teams doing it as well. So we need to do it more. It was a hundred percent penalty. Um, I, I it was really good because I was watching it with my daughter. It's her first um, weird time derby watching it, um, and she was hooked. And obviously, she's a striker herself, so she likes to watch the strikers. And I said to her, she takes penalties, so watch Alexander Isak, and he he just completely does the goalkeeper with the eyes. His whole body shape is going into that far right hand corner to where where we're looking at the goal. And he just last second just shifts the ball into the far court, just turns his body last second. Um, but his technique's so good. But I, I I've said to you boys before with Callum Wilson, I'm not always confident when he's in front of the ball taking a penalty. But with Alexander Isaac, I'm always confident he's gonna put the ball in there because his technique is so good. So, so good. Um, and so uh, I was absolutely loving it, absolutely loving it. And uh, you mentioned that just really quickly. Um 13 goals already. Mm. Had a lot of time out injured. As well as that, played a lot of games injured on top of that. So not 100%. And he's still on 13 goals in all competitions. Um, I think Callum Wilson got 18 in all competitions last season. So just put that into perspective. Five goals away from, uh, from Callum Wilson's full season total. This guy could get 25 goals this season that doubt and like he'd be our first 25 all the season since Alan Shearer mm. if he gets yeah. that target and, mm. and that just tells you everything they need to know the boys in the um Geordie's down south I keep saying it all the time Alexander Isaac is Newcastle United's future he is already a hundred million plus striker in this form Easy. right now 24 years old Scoring freely, technique easy. unbelievable. 100 million easy. We're not selling him, by the way, but if you're going to value him, you're valuing at a minimum 100 million. That's how good he is. You've got top teams that are thinking, that are talking about him in a positive light. We had other opposite fans. I said to you boys on away days about other opposite opposition fans saying that he, that, that they would take him, that they would, they say he's the second behind. <clears throat> Erling Haaland. They say it for a reason. If other opposition fans are saying that about your own striker, you know he's good. And we need to protect him. We need to look after him. But more importantly, we need to keep him at this club. And we need to we need to build an ambition 
around him because he is our future. There's a reason why Sweden said, and, um, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic said, that he will be better than I was representing their country. That's a big statement from an absolute world-class player. There's a reason why he said that, and we're now seeing the best of him. Yes, that wasn't too bad. But, um, Chris, your thoughts on the goal? Yeah, um, again, really, 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 really important goal. Um, you know, it was it was a stonewall penalty, wasn't it? Like there was no there was no two ways about it. Um, somebody in the chat said, I think it was Bill Ashby, actually, funnily enough, saying it was it was more a stonewall pen than the one that we were crying out for for Alexander Isak. Like it was it was a penalty all day. But yeah, Pete's right. The technique um, that Alexander Isak showed uh, to bury to bury that it's probably under, underrated. Um, but he, he literally his body wide open out. Looks like he's going to bury it in the bottom in Isaac's bottom right, and he puts it bottom left. Fantastic technique, um, and yeah, that that really did seal it. Then that really was the end of the game. Um, but yeah, again, I had I had no doubt. I had no doubt that uh, Alexander Isaac was going to put it away as soon as he uh, took took the ball and put the uh, put the ball on the spot. So yeah, fantastic, and yeah, the the scenes as well after the goal were uh, were brilliant. But yeah, fantastic goal and. Um, <coughs> Really, really like topped off the performance for me. So yeah, uh, then Eddie decided to bring on a few subs. Uh, on Kim Lascelles, Domitino, and um, Richie, and off Kim Shar, Miggy, Gordon, and Byrne. Done and dusted, three nil. Uh, past the third round for it. It's been a while since we've done that. And into the the fourth round draw, which takes place before the game on Monday, I think. But more importantly, a win over Sunderland hasn't happened for a while either uh and we mightn't get to play them for a long time so nice um but overall lads you'll take that i think <laughs> oh easy easy question to answer of course we'll take it we we, we said or i certainly said on away days i don't care how it comes i wanted to win um would i take a three nil definitely clean sheet Three nil, um, and and doing it in their backyard. Happy days. Give that to me all day long. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 honestly absolutely buzzing. This was the big game. This was the big game of the month. This was the one that we were expected to win in such a massive game. It meant so much, and we've and we and we did the business. I'm so so pleased for the boys. So many good performances um, that came out of this game today. That. Fills you with confidence. Not not that you're going to go and win the next two. I hope we do, but it fills you with confidence that we're getting back to kind of where we were before. Yeah. Um. For for you, Chris, who would you who your standout performance? For me, it was Miggy, uh, Bruno. I say I think I'd give Bruno man the match. J Seven while he was on the pitch as well. Uh, they'd be my my standout uh, performers. Gordon as well didn't do too bad. He he got mm. it in their head, uh, in their faces, and and absolutely loved it as well. Uh, but yeah, I think Bruno will probably get my mind of the match. Yeah, um, yeah, the three the three that stuck out for me. Um, I'm going I'm not going to include Joe Linton in this. First half, Joe Linton was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, but I thought um, I thought the three that really stood out for me uh, today were Bruno as number one. I thought Bruno was. Unbelievable, especially that second half when Joe Linton went off. Bruno had to really step up, and he and he did. Like that second half, yeah, I thought Bruno was fantastic. He was really, really starting to, uh, you know, run the midfield, if you like. 
Um, I thought Sven Botman was brilliant at the back. Uh, you know, when when he's not in the team, you don't half miss him. And I know that when you look back over the game, um, it was probably one of those performances where you go, well, he didn't have anything to do. But there was there was a lot of key moments where he just steps in, picks up the ball, nice simple pass, away we go. Um, and the reason that Dubravka was so quiet today, for me, was the fact that Sven Botman was just so 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 good um, at centre half, and he, he he's he's unlucky actually to miss out on the amount of the match. It was close, it was a close one thing. Um, and then the third player, I think I would go for Anthony Gordon, um, because as you rightly said, Daz, you know he, he got he got stuck in uh, to Hume right back. Um, obviously got the, he forced the early yellow, uh, and then for the rest of the game, Gordon Gordon just kept running at him, and you know that was good to see. How Hume got away with that second yellow, I'll never know. Um, when clearly the two of them at it, and then he books Gordon and then doesn't book Hume. It just didn't make any sense to me. But um, overall, yeah, really, really happy. Um, so the three standouts for me were Bruno, Botman, <coughs> and Gordon. And uh, I'm going to put the same question to you, people. But great to see the local lads as well all getting a run out as well uh, in, in their derby game. But I, I have this on the system, so I might as well play it as well. Is it Anthony Gordon? You? Gordon. No, no, it's fine. Sing it, and you can have a point. Gordon, running down the wing. Gordon, hit the jaw. This sing, Gordon. We are going to Madrid. Gordon, I love that. From a couple of weeks ago, but it's, it's still quality. Uh, who are your standout performers, Pete? Uh, as I said, there's so there were so many in the team, but I'm gonna. I'm going to stick with the, the ones that I have in mind and like the ones that Chris mentioned 100% had really, really good games, um, which just shows the, the level of performance that we had today. Um, I, I thought Alexander Izak was, was superb today. Um, just, it, you know, his, his link-up play, his, his movement, um, like you said, Daz, you're absolutely right. If, if Ballard doesn't stick the ball in his own net, Alexander Izak taps it home. And effectively walked away with the hat trick ball. Um, I just thought he was so good, um, and they just couldn't handle him. Uh, I'm going to give two shouts out to two other players, um, and I'll stick with Miggy. And I know Andy Ford in the chat um, didn't agree with my assessment when I said he was sensational. Um, in isolation, I thought he was sensational today because he set the tone for the whole team. That high press, that intensity, we, we haven't had that. That's what we're that's what we're built on. As an Eddie Howe team, we haven't had that for weeks, and he set the tone. Uh, I would love to know how many. If Keith's in the chat or someone else in the chat, life goals is throwing a few stats out today. Um, I would love to know how many recoveries he made high up the pitch today, because he set that tone for intensity and hard work throughout the whole team. He set that, and that's important. He might have not whipped one into the top corner or or the, took on two, three, four, five players. But what he did, he set the tone to make it impossible for Sunderland to handle us today. And he did it for the whole time he was on the pitch. Um, and as I go back to the point, the fact that we've given him a lot of stick as a fan base recently, I think he deserves a little bit of praise there. Because I thought, you know, that's a game that anybody could crumble in and he didn't. I thought he was very, very good today. Um, so fair play to him. And I'm going to give it to another one that's got a little bit of stick recently um, in Kieran Trippier. Um, I thought Kieran Trippier was brilliant today. I thought <clears throat> Kieran Trippier looked like the player before he went to Goodison Park. He looked like he was back in business. 
Um, and it's not just his ability on the ball. It's what we all know him to be is that, that captain, that leader. He led by example. And in certain parts of the game, he really settled the team down and to make them kind of relax on the ball and to take things easy. Case in point, the last five minutes of the first half, a lot of the play was dictated by Kieran Trippier, telling them to hold, keep the ball at the back, then press forward. He was directing, he was the orchestra of everything that was good about Newcastle United, even when he wasn't on the board. And we've missed that from him. He's had to focus on his own game. He's not been able to lead the team, but he was able to do that today. So I thought he was really, really good. Um, and then small shouts out to Shaw. I actually thought Shaw was better than Botman. I thought both of them were excellent, but I thought Shaw was really good as well. And another one, the Martin awesome. Dubois. Yeah, Asim was superb. Yeah, he had, he had a couple yeah. of misses. Yeah, but I, I, you know, you guys know my thoughts on Martin Dubravka. I, I hammer him all the time, but I'm 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 fair, and I will always give players their props when I think they've played well. And I thought Martin Dubravka made a couple of big saves. One where there was a deflection from Botman. I think that was not long after we went 2-0 up and it, he was already going the other yeah. way and he kind of gets back and saves it with his foot. 47 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the big strong hand. Um, I think when we're, I think it's when it's still 2-0. Um, I can't remember who it's from. It might have been from Pritchard outside of the foot into the far corner. And he gets a strong hand and pushes it away. Not called into action very much, as Chris said, but stood up to it when he needed to. And fair play to him. Fair, fair play to him. Um, uh, you know, uh, this is exactly what you want for your goalkeeper. And that will do him the world of good. Going into a derby, his first derby, and picking up a clean sheet, that will do him the world of good. And we need that. Yeah, exactly. They do all of them a, a load of good with the, the confidence now coming out of that, that game today. But yeah, I saw someone mentioned in the chat there as well about uh, the video that Amanda put out. And Amanda, there's always a slot on this show if you want to come and, and join us. And we even have a button for you if, if you need it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, let's maybe maybe we'll go to some comments and questions. Uh, Anthony in the chat, lads. Right, so let me just have a quick nose here. Um, so yeah, just just to add in, I mean, Andy Ford, I know everyone's entitled to their opinion, mate, and I, I do, I do take your point. And Pete's already touched on it, you know, about the fact that we were playing against Sunderland. I think I was quite vocal about this before the game, saying that you know we are playing against a weaker opposition today. But you know, let's not forget, no derby, no derby in what like eight years. Uh, Miggy's under a bit of pressure. Obviously, he was dropped for last game. I think I think the way he the way he came in epitomized like his spirit and I totally agree with what Pete said and that you know he he was the driving force he was the one who you know set the tone for the team um so yeah he's but he's got to consistently do that week in week out this is the this is the Miggy that we need to see week in week out but do take your point it was at Sunderland's where average today um a couple of their players who uh, you know just, on, just to add uh, to Andy's first first sentence there, uh, Miggy was sensational. Are you on drugs? Have you seen the start of the show, Andy? There's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Get the rave on. Get the rave on. <laughs> yeah, it was it was particularly nice to uh, to to have that performance and have that result as well with Pickford in the crowd, wasn't it? I think that made it extra special. Uh, so that was that was really nice. Um, Jordy Toon for Life puts in a fantastic comment here. Uh, Tom White, if you're watching, I hope the shirt is a nice fit. 
Pete Graves has got a, a job on convincing him that he agreed to that deal from what he said to yeah. us on the way days. That should yeah. be fun. Yeah. He wasn't having that anyway, was he? No way. Yeah. Uh, no. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Paul says, uh, Paul mentioned about uh, Amanda Stavely's uh, F rated video. I haven't seen it. Um, but I will I will look for it after the show. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I thought this was a really good point um from Jay. Jay Jay makes a really good point here. And I, I do I do tend to agree with him. And I'm gonna ask you guys about uh, Lewis Miley today. Do you think we need to hold midfielder? Because when Joe Linton went off, we were a bit open. What what are your thoughts on that, Taz? As as in the number six? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and like how did you think Miley did when he came when he came on for Joe Linton today? I thought Miley did okay. He did, he did give the ball away once, and then they they kind of went up the pitch. But uh, we 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 cut it out. Uh, I think tri- it could be trippy that we cut it out, or maybe it was Shar. But um, yeah, we still we still need that that holding just just for going into mainly into games away from home where we've been in the Premier League where it's shown that we've we, we need someone, and between the the two lines we get exposed. Uh, it's it's something that 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 I think we need. Uh, whether it is Calvin Phillips or whether it goes into the summer and we bring in someone else, then I don't know. But um, I think we do need, need something, another dimension, another way to to tweak things uh, to give us different options, uh, especially away from home. What about yourself, Pete? Uh, 100%, Chris. And I think that last 15 minutes kind of tells its own story. Um, it's interesting that you've mentioned Lewis Miley, uh, and I'm not here to hammer him at all no um, no, no, no 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 17 years old and he's it's his first derby and it, I, I was so buzzing when he came on because I, I yeah, he needs to be exposed to that because hopefully yeah. he'll have many or more under his belt over the rest of his career at Newcastle um and he might well be in years to come the leader that tells other players about this fixture um so it was great for him to get some experience but what he did notice particularly in the latter stages of the game is that the same problems came about in that Pritchard, all he did was just slot into that number 10 position and he probably picked up that ball in the in the last 15 minutes four or five times where there wasn't a centre midfielder anywhere near him. And actually for long parts of that 15 minutes, that was Miley's man and he wasn't picking him up. He was playing too high up the pitch. Now, whether he's been told to press that high, we don't know. So we're I, I'm only assuming there. That he, that, that he has been but he got we got he got and we got caught time and time again which is why a couple of those chances came about later on in the game um and it's something that naturally if you're winning 2-0 what you then do is bring on a Calvin Phillips and number six to shore up shop and this is why that that position is so important away from home in particular is that you bring that type of guy on to put him in that position um but yeah, I think it does highlight it again. Certainly in that last period, we didn't. We managed to deal with it, which is great. But you know, when you're coming up against the likes of Man City next week, Villa the week after, like mm. or a couple of weeks after, like you, you need somebody to come in there and and shore up shops. So definitely, it still, still is a, a, another one of maybe two or three priority positions. Yeah, yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. Um. What else are we here? Um, <laughs> Alan Thompson says, lads, I hope you're going to give Keith a good telling off. You were levels <laughs> yeah, above Blunderland. Simples <laughs> could not believe it was going to be a draw. Yeah, Keith, 
Keith, um, Keith sat on the fence for this one. Keith said it was either going to be one one or two two. To be fair, Keith's probably got a better <clears> score record than myself and Pete, but uh, he got he got this one wrong today, didn't he, Pete? Yeah, to be fair, there's a few that he's got wrong uh, this season. But if it means that we win the game, then I don't mind him predicting don't care. the scores. Yeah. Let him continue as long as we keep winning. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of like his train of thought, is that if I keep predicting these kind of predictions, then maybe we keep winning and it could well be turn out to be a good thing. But yeah, look, it's all a bit of fun predictions, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm fair play to Keith. I know sometimes he gives them that in the hope that they go the other way as well. But he's given, he he's given, he's, he's he's looking at, at, at everything, and he's he's uh, coming with that. But yeah, I couldn't believe he went for the for two scores and two oh. of our draws, one one and two two. Yeah. But uh, if you're if you're listening, Keith, hope you're well, buddy. Into the next yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny with Keith, isn't it? Yeah, because sometimes he'll he'll go for the draw and then a narrow win for either team. Um, but yeah, it was funny. He went for he was he was convinced it was going to be a draw because he went one one two two, didn't he? Which he doesn't <coughs> normally do. Um, but yeah, as Pete said, it's just predictions, isn't it? It's just what people what yeah. people's gut feeling is. Uh, I want to say a big shout out to Jeff Carter. We haven't seen Jeff for a while, so Jeff, hope you're well, mate. Really hey, good to see you. Um, Jeff said it's Shah was his man of the match. Jeff, I don't know what this is referring to, but I'm going to read it out anyway. But you've been a member for 11 months, mate, so thank you very much for that, first of all. But you've put 11, I miss the bed, and the old get rid, mate. Not quite sure what that means, Jeff, but I like it. Um, this is interesting off Lisa Mole. So uh, our, our, our resident spanner, Lisa, um, she says, official Hi, news just in. Um, Newcastle gave them all the gate money for the match. And now they're moaning because he said that we are treating them like a charity case. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on that, Daz? Well, first of all, that's a nice touch from Newcastle yeah. to, to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, just just okay. That's it's probably social media that that has gone into to overdrive on that. Well, it was nice of them for for yeah. for uh, rolling out the red carpet as well. So why not hand out hand uh, hand them the gate receipts? Sounds like it. Sounds like a, a, a reasonably um, pacifiable relationship, doesn't it, Pete? I mean, obviously, we saw that they uh, some of them were trying to make us as welcome as they possibly could, and now Newcastle are giving them all the gate receipts. What, what are your thoughts on that? Take the fucking money back. They don't appreciate it. Take it back. Um, look, they can't have it both ways. They can't. They can't have the gate receipts being given to them, and then and then moan and whine that they're 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 being considered a charity case. They would have known that would have been happening. So, you know, they the owners are clearly very happy to take that money. But now, after what's happened with all the signage and all the rest of it in the Black Cats bar, um, you know, causing unrest in the fan base, they're now having to change tact and look like they're fighting for their own club, which they clearly weren't before. So um for me, take the money back if they don't appreciate it. Take it back. I don't I don't I can't remember any rival club, Derby related club that have ever made a gesture like that. Like that's yeah. unheard of. So the fact that the club are willing to do that tells you everything you need to know. So if they don't appreciate it, take it back and don't don't bother offering them anything again. That, that's how hey, I you never it. know. There could be a feeder club years to come. You never know. 
Um, right. <laughs> Let, let's let's change topic. Uh, let, let's move away from the, the game for, for a few minutes. And there was a story yesterday, and it was about this man, Bruno. Bruno Gamerius. And the story went something like this, uh, that PSG were looking uh, to make a bid for Bruno uh, around the 115 million euro mark, about 99, 100 million pound. Uh, and I suppose it all links into the, the talk that we, we, I suppose in one way we kind of started, or Jimmy Watt started in uh, by, in our show with Kieran Maguire. He asked the question, do we need to sell one of our our, our main key uh superstars to to unlock ffp and uh put us down the road of uh being being able to bring in more players and so on and so forth and okay if you if you look who you who you're putting in that country then you're talking about isaac bruno and botman would be the three the three key uh ones there that would 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 fetch uh large fees uh, so yeah, this is where 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 I came and I know it, it started a bit of a conversation between ourselves as well um Chris, I'm going to go to you first uh, on the story. Um, and selling Bruin, maybe not in January, the summer, is that something we, we, we need to even consider? It's always it's always a hard one, this, isn't it? Because I, I think you boys know how much I love Bruno. Um, and Bruno kind of... Bruno... Bruno I look at Bruno and I think like he he is the start of this journey. Like he he's going to be one of those players that we look back on in five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, and we go, "Oh, do you remember Bruno Gomes? What a player! What a player!" Um, and I, you know, I love his passion. I love everything about him. Um, I actually feel a bit sorry for him as well because he's currently occupying a position which I don't really think suits his game. Um, so he, he currently, you know, sits in that number six for us, and he's doing a job for the team when really I think we'd all agree that you know we want him to be playing further forward and we don't want him to be kind of be relying on his defensive uh, responsibilities that he's got um but equally uh, with my with my sensible hat on uh, or my realistic hat whatever you want to call it i do, i do believe with ffp and the constraints that we're under somewhere along the way we're going to lose a player that we didn't necessarily want to lose I've, you know we've already kind of had that in alan st maximum he did split opinion in the fan base um, but I, I for one, didn't want to see Alan St. Maximum leave. He did. Um, and I, I do I do wonder what the future holds in terms of, you know, transfers and especially players going out because ultimately we have a lot of deadwood. Um, and I don't like using that word, but we have a lot of players who we need to move on. Um, but unfortunately, those players aren't going to get us a lot of money. Uh, so we're not going to get a lot of money back for them. And I do wonder... I kind of, I kind of see the bright lights, and I kind of see, you know, the the pound signs. Because if we were to sell a player such as Bruno Gomes, I'm not suggesting that it will be him that goes eventually. But if we were to sell someone like him, it, the the opportunities and the doors it opens is just unbelievable. Like, you know, if we were to pick up 105, 110, 115, 120, whatever it may be, you know, that 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 gives us a lot of opportunity to go and buy four five six seven players who are 50 million upwards um, and imagine what that would do to our squad i don't want to lose bruno i absolutely adore him i think he's brilliant um but equally you know do i want to uh, would i want to lose a sven botman definitely not um would i want to lose alexander isaac definitely not Um that's not to say i want to lose bruno but if if i'm looking at the squad and i'm thinking you know 
which one could you let go of? I, I look at Bruno and I think, you know, especially as well with, you know, with the with with him being South American, I'm sure he's probably harbours ambitions of playing for, you know, a Barcelona or Real Madrid, something like that. I know he's really happy here and we love him. And if he stays, it's a bonus, you know what I mean? Like I want him to stay. But then equally, you know, if someone if someone like Real Madrid were to come in for him, he, he'd leave with my blessing. But I do also think it would open opportunities for us as a club. Um, if there was no FFP, it wouldn't even be a conversation. Like, we would never sell Bruno Gomeres, but the reality is, boys, at the minute, FFP is very real. And, you know, yes, we'll continue to bring in sponsorships and yes, we'll continue to bring money in in other ways, but selling a player with a big value, it it fast-tracks all of that. It all gets done very quickly. You see, you, you've seen what it what it's done for West Ham. West Ham have gone out when they've sold Declan Rice and they've bought some really good players in. You've seen what it's done for Aston Villa. They've, they've sold Jack Grealish and they've gone out and they've bought cleverly, wisely. And I just think sometimes, yes, I'll be disappointed if he leaves. But I also think, do you know what? It will it will really kick us on. And we'll, we'll then, because we, the thing is, lads, we know we've got the money. It's not even a case of all oh, sell it so that we can recoup a bit of money and then we can spend. We've got the money's there. But it's having it's having those constraints, those FFP constraints, and that's what stops us from going out and buying, you know, your Rafinhas, your Sescos, your players of that ilk. And I think if 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 he was to go, as sad as it would be, I do also think it gives us an opportunity to kick on as a team, as a squad. Um, so I, t- I don't know whether that answers your question, Daz. I don't want him to leave, but. <clears throat> Uh, you know, it, if it did happen, I would be excited for the future, put it that way. Yeah, no, it, it is an interesting uh, topic because um, I know it sparked an awful lot of conversation on social media and in chat, in chat mm-hmm. groups and everything like that. For, for me, I'm going to give my opinion first and then for a good, good people. For me, I don't want to lose Bruno in, in January. I don't want to lose Bruno in the summer. Actually, I never want to lose Bruno, Isaac or Botman. And what, what I would do, uh, as an alternative to that, uh, is I, I would look at, at our, our current starters or when they're fit st- starters, uh, and and look look to try uh, like like the set maximum deal. It, it's not to the same value, but but sell sell a few rather than sell that that the, the key superstars because uh, that we're trying to build build um, the squad around like the, the likes of and, and he had a brilliant game today. But the likes of Miggy, I I think. Last summer he was at the peak value. This summer, I, I cash in, uh, and it's okay. You're not you're not going to get a massive amount, but it, it, you'll get get it, something that will unlock FFP a bit. Then I even the likes of Willock, he hasn't we haven't seen him this season. Really came back for a small while, but he's been out injured again. He'll come back and he'll start playing well. Hopefully again, I'd consider selling Willock. I know he when he's on his day, he's class as well, but it, it would uh, again that little bit to unlock. Then Barnes as well. We have we, Barnes started really well and then injured, but I, I don't think we needed him in the first place, Barnes. But and again, I think he'll have a good second half of the season. But I would look rather than going for the superstars, that's spine of the team. I would look to, uh, to offload the players like that, that that will still get you a bit of value and to unlock FFP. Uh, and uh, so that's the way I would look at it. I, I wouldn't touch those uh, superstars whatsoever. Pete, let's go to you. Your thoughts on uh, would you sell Bruno? Before I do that, we've got over 200 in the chat and Lisa said uh, give me a thumbs up if you've hit the like button already. <laughs> yeah. Please do it now. So 
just do that and uh, thanks for watching the show <clears throat> thanks for watching our crazy dancing um, <laughs> and our um, average raving abilities um, <laughs> I'm probably speaking for myself uh, but yeah um, look, as I said, look, first of all, this link with PSG is for me designed to destable um, <clears throat> Bruno Gomez and Newcastle United. That's what it's that's what it's designed to do. Um, Bruno Gomez isn't leaving in this window. Um, and I, someone just put it in the chat earlier, and I've seen his Instagram post where he says Newcastle United. Period. He's not. He doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave. It's as simple as that. He wants to stay at Newcastle United. Um, why would he want to leave? Maybe for the ambition of winning a title at some point. If he's not able to achieve it at, at Newcastle United within his career time frame. Um, because we've got to respect the fact that he's a player that probably deserves to win trophies. Um, and, and if we're not at that point right now, and he's in the peak of his powers, that may well be a consideration, but it isn't right now. PSG, why would they want him in January? Well, probably to push on uh, and try and compete for the Champions League. But he's, he's cup-tied. He can't play in the Champions League. So they're only going to really need him for the French Cup and um, League 1 which they're likely to win both anyway. So there's not real real need to have him now. But what they're doing is putting the feelers out because it's really interesting that Bruno Gomez in and I've not mentioned this to you boys, it's really interesting that the Bruno Gomez information uh, has come out. And I'm going to ask Lee about this because I've not spoke to him for a few days. So I either, I've not spoken to him about the Bruno <laughs> stuff. But it's really interesting that actually this has come out after a day after the talk of Mbappe is leaving or potentially leaving and is going to give them money back if he decides to leave on a free. So PSG fans are clearly annoyed and pissed off about this, about the fact that they're convinced he's now going. So they needed a story to make the fans feel better. And it's worked because on Bruno Gamera's tweets and all the rest of it, it's come to PSG, come to PSG. And they've now got excitement about something else. So it seems like a, a destabler for Bruno and a deflection from the fact that Mbappe is probably going to go to Real Madrid in the summer on a free. Okay. So that in itself is a separate conversation. For me, he's not going anywhere in January. Now, the one thing I've said and I've maintained on this channel, I said in the summer, is that. I'm already prepared for the fact that Bruno Gomez is going to leave at some point. I've never envisaged Bruno Gomez at Newcastle United <clears throat> at 30, 31, 32 years old. I haven't. I don't see him being here at that point in his career. We signed him when he's 24. He's 27 now. He's going to be, what, 28 um, over the course of 2024 at some point. He's going to leave at some point. And so I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm just not okay with it being now. I think in the position that we're in currently in the league, that we're not a guaranteed top four team every season, I think it's a huge, huge gamble to let go of somebody that, let's not forget, this boy joined us when we're in a relegation battle. This boy joined us when Arsenal were desperately trying to push his deal into the summer and telling, effectively telling him not to sign for us because they wanted to sign him in the summer but he chose us and he's done so much for us 
I can't be mad if he then turns around and says, you know what, I think I need to leave now. I can't be mad at that. So I'm already prepared in my mind that he's going to leave at some point and he's going to go on to a bigger club. And Chris, you've mentioned the likes of Real Barcelona, which I, I'm in agreement. I think they're the clubs that he would like to go to. I don't think yeah. he'd like to go back to France. He's conquered that league. Um, I think he wants to go on and, and potentially win um, something in Spain. Um, but for me, it's the same process as you, Chris, is that if he leaves... A few people have said, oh, FFP, it doesn't matter, it doesn't affect us. It does. does. Kieran Maguire was on our show on Monday saying exactly that. It does affect us. We are not far away from our limit. Now, we've, we are the richest club in the world in terms of we've got the richest owners that can spend multi, multi-billions if they really wanted to, but they can't because FFP stops you from doing that. And you, case in point, the two teams and the two players that you referred to is Jack Grealish and um, uh, exactly which, which which is is exactly where we would be in that situation, and we would build and and rebuild and create another team. But what you lose is what you saw today from Bruno Gomez when he blocks that ball on the goal line and he gives <laughs> the fist bumps to the crowd and he gets them up. He cares about Newcastle United. He loves this club. He is not going to be loved anywhere else in the same way that he's loved at Newcastle United. He he isn't. And he, he knows might, that. He knows he that. Might, he knows, of course he does. Not just even him. His wife, his child, his dad. His dad. They're all, yeah. they're all celebrities. They're all celebrities. They're not going to get that same feeling at Real Madrid. He's just going to become another player. And that's, I think, what is maybe wrestling with right now. Like... I don't think he's actively looking to leave. I think he's really happy in Newcastle. I think he'd be probably quite happy to stay the rest of his career at this club, providing that they are making inroads and they're moving up. If we if we turn around this season and we end up getting, maybe not Champions League, but Europa League, we finish sort of fifth, sixth in the league and we have a really good end to the season, Bruno Gomez isn't going anywhere. He'll be with us at the beginning of next season. Guaranteed. But it's natural that because we're sitting ninth right now and not playing well, that those questions are coming about. Like, I genuinely think, I said it to you boys at the time in private, and I said, I see him being here for another couple of years before he does eventually move on. When he's like 28, 29, I think that's when he'll probably move, want to move on at that point. And that's absolutely fine. But I don't think he wants to move right now. I think he's really happy where he is. Um, and we need to show the ambition and the quality that backs that up. Because let's not forget, like we criticise sometimes the fact that he's playing as that number six and he gets caught out. But you've made the point, and we've talked about it before, Chris, is that he's not a number six, he's a number eight, playing in a position that he doesn't actually want to play. He doesn't actually want to play there, but he's doing it for the team. And we have to remember that sometimes. Sometimes even I forget. I'm like, why are you pressing the ball? Why are you not sitting in, sit deep? But we have to remember that he's not playing in the position that he's comfortable in. He's doing it for the team because he loves the club, he loves the manager, and he loves everything about where he is right now. And so, you know, I, I'm I'm not getting hyped up about this. It'd be horrible to lose him. I don't think we will. Um, but at the same time, we need to put results together to ensure that there's no there's no even conversation of him leaving. In summary, he's not leaving. That's it. <laughs> not leaving. Um, no, not, for me, not for me, not for you, Daz, 
not for you, Chris. He is Newcastle United through and through. He yeah. embodies everything that we want this club to be. And he embodies that as a South American Brazilian that didn't even know anything about Newcastle or its club or its heritage or the city and what the city is built on before he came to this club. And within two years, he's he's literally surrounded himself with everything that this this club, this city, the region's built on. And he and he epitomizes everything about it. it. There are not yeah. more, there are not cool. many players in this world football that are able to come and do that. There are not many players that can come and do that and do it so well and still do the business on the pitch. Like you could put him alongside every single one of those Geordies, and you could put him alongside the fact that he cares, he loves, and is committed to this club, just like those boys are. And that is big. That is a hole that is irreplaceable. And I put it on Twitter and some people said, oh, everybody's irreplaceable. Yes, they are. As a player, one player comes in, one player comes out. But what they bring to the club outside of playing football on the pitch, that is irreplaceable. And he is irreplaceable because of that. Mm. Massive. And while we're at it, bring in some more South Americans. I keep telling Dan Astrid, but he won't listen. Anyway, <laughs> look at um Chris, I want you to tell us what is happening on Tuesday, because I don't have a poster ready for this, but tell people what's happening on Tuesday. Yeah, so on Tuesday, we've got a brand new guest. We've got Zach Lowey uh, nailed in for Tuesday at 7.30pm. So come and join us where we discuss some transfers. We discuss some players. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who Zach is, Zach um, is the co-creator of Breaking the Lines, and he's also a writer for BBC Wales. Um, so we're really looking forward to having Zach on. And he's going to provide a new perspective. And it'll be interesting to hear, hear a new voice on the show. So, yeah, Zach's going to join us uh, Tuesday evening at 7.30. Nice one, Chris. We're going to have a few more shows next week as well. And don't believe what Eddie Howe was saying. You know the mind games Eddie plays. Because he says that he they're not actually looking at anyone. Uh, you don't believe that, Eddie. Because uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. He said, he said something uh, along, the, along those I'll, lines. Uh, I'll read it out what he said. Uh, this got forwarded to me by my brother. Um, Newcastle manager Eddie Howe says his side are not currently looking for any player in any position in the January transfer window. The Magpies have been linked with a move for Calvin Phillips, but after their 3-0 FA Cup third round win at Sunderland's house, says the plan is not to bring in any players in at the moment. We're not, and this is this is quotations, we're not looking in any position currently, but that may change as the window unfolds, he said in his post-match press conference. Bullshit, Eddie. Bullshit. Look at it. They've got to be looking. They've got to be looking. We're, we're calling BS right now. Yeah, we, we, we might say an Eddie would trust, but we don't trust you on that one, Eddie. Uh, we, we even had a, a, our, our, our single out today, Stay How. Uh, you must catch that if you've missed it at the start of the show. Catch that. We'll try and, ch and uh, clip it up as well. But uh, hopefully it went down well and we haven't embarrassed ourselves too much. But that is it for tonight. Uh, go on and enjoy the rest of your Saturday and your weekend. Uh, Safe for the fact that we got our victory. Uh, the, the, there was no need to panic. And there's no need to panic yet as well in terms of the transfer window. There's still plenty of days left and we'll be back with plenty of shows to talk about potential signings that Eddie will try and rule out on us. But uh, all that's left to say is, how'd you like that? Good night, everyone. I like